Let's hope this brings us out of a kind of a podcast funk for episode uh, episode number six here, Mike. Which I don't I don't have I don't have on the screen in in pre, but we can always add yeah. it in in post. We can, we can. And, and I will. I like to, the thing I like to call about this episode, so everybody should be well aware, this is uh, called the Razzle Dazzle episode. This is something you may not have ever seen before in podcast history. So pay attention. I would I would advise everybody to take notes, get a pen, get a paper, um, pause it right now if you need to go get anything. You're going to come away with some serious knowledge about the world, about your own neighborhood, about your own body, and, <laughs> and uh, you're going to know a little bit about me and Joe, a little more. I think... I think what you just did there, um, Mike, I uh, I had those shows on Valentine's Day at the, at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, and two of our Patreon subscribers uh, came. Yes. And uh, they were saying, especially Ron, one of our Patreon subscribers, Ron Poliquin. Hey, Joe, always- before, you go, before you go too far, what is Patreon? <laughs> What is Patreon? Why are we mentioning Patreon? You know why. It's on the screen. It is on the screen. From pretender to contender. It is on on screen. Go to our Patreon website. How would you explain it? How would you explain it? Well, you know, these podcasts, it it takes a few bucks to get these things up and running. And we're also trying to build, you know, we're trying to build support for... Uh, you all know we're doing that. We're, we originally started writing this play, and it, it's got some great ideas, and we're doing it with our, our uh, Laura Spath, our writing partner, and she's fantastic. But I think now we're doing a... Um, we're going to do that... What would you call it? Like an internet TV show? A web series. A web series. I forgot what the kids are calling it nowadays. And so that's helping us raise money because, you know, these episodes, they cost, what, five, six, seven thousand an episode. If you want to do it, yeah, more than that, right? So if you want to do it right, like a production, casting agents, a director, producer, actual cameras. I mean, you know, we we really want to do something right, like um, like like low level CBS or ABC. Uh, You know, try to bring some stories that we Joe and I think will make you guys sit up and say, "Well, okay, I could watch this." And uh, anyways, Patreon's gonna help us get there. Well, yeah, not not only Patreon, you know, we we well, I want to talk about it uh, after we hit the top of the show here, which is cre- go go fund me, which uh, I just started a couple days ago to try to right for try to help us r- raise the money uh, specifically for the web series, which we're going to get into today and talk about it as I guess I, I guess I could fade the music out now Mike because it, sure you, you know you, you did all the intros there and what what I we got our to... link trees we got our link trees you see our oh. voicemails oh. right there 951-298-8-9899 uh, yes. and 
go to our Pretender to Contender uh, Facebook page. We got a new one. It's up and running. We're going to be adding to it. And so come see us. But Joe, back to what, what is, you were what, saying. What is our Facebook page? Where do they find that? What is it? They I can find it. Know. Actually, they can find our Facebook page, not on Instagram, not on Twitter, but on Facebook. And you go to Facebook. Well, what is it? What is the address for it? Do you know? The address is from Pretender to Contender. Type that in. It's the only one. There's no other from Pretender to Contender. I think yes. I don't know what the actual address is, but just type that in and you'll and, and that's right where the listeners and the viewers can really interact with yeah. each other. We were trying we're trying to get that on Patreon, uh, which I just learned over the, the last week that there's something on Patreon called Discord that is Discord. meant for them to interact with each other. And oh. I have I've been trying to figure it out. I have a, a, a call scheduled this week with a friend of mine who's got a lot of patreon subscribers and he uses discord and i didn't even know what it was but um it'll be a lot easier for the everybody not you know you don't even have to be a patreon subscriber yeah. to interact on the facebook page you know we'll be and and i think let me, let me fade the music out here let's let's pick a time because this thing airs every tuesday right yeah on, 7 on youtube at 7 p.m and last week i aired it on facebook also at the same exact time which i don't think was a good idea i think they should air at different times one one we have a youtube day and then we have a facebook day let's put right. let's pick right now as you and i are recording episode number six when do you think it should stream live or or as it's going to look live once again like it does on youtube where you yeah. premiere it we record the whole episode we edit the whole episode and then we stream it on YouTube on Tuesdays. But what? when should we do it on Facebook? Oh, I would say we'd probably do it, um, you want to do it like the day after so that, you know, like our, our, our Patreon uh, peeps, they get a little sneak preview first. I mean, everybody can see it on YouTube, but they're already established. Maybe we do you uh, Facebook the next day. Wednesday at 7? Wednesday at seven, and, and let them know we're going to interact on that one too. Yeah, definitely, yeah. and that because that way I think we have a a little wider base too. Uh, we have more people that uh, already know us that are there, so you know we'll see. Maybe we can get more people interacting. Okay, all right. So there it is, everybody. Wednesdays seven on Facebook, Tuesdays seven on YouTube, and just follow all our social media that's in the link trees and. Uh, You'll know you'll know if you're following us on social media when these things are coming on and what's going on. You know, yeah. we, we and we bring you guys into the episodes, which I'm sure we're going to talk about as I'm about to explain to you. So, Ron, back to Ron Poliquin. Big he's, Ron. In, the, he's in the audience and uh, and I ended up having drinks with him and uh, Jerry. Jerry Rowan was there too. Would it, they were there, both there with their wives. I think they hung out together. They stayed overnight. I didn't. I went and had drinks with them after my show, my my later show, and we started talking about you. And uh, nice. And I think I can Ron, only imagine. Well, Ron, Ron really was like he. He's funny. He's just funny. He reminds me mm. of one of my family members where they they give you a compliment. Yeah. But it's like you're never sure. It's, it's like slightly, yeah. you know, he has like an autistic way about him <laughs> where it's like, yeah, was that a compliment? Uh, but it's it's <laughs> funny and I love the guy for it. But he was like, 
basically saying about you and Ron, I apologize if I'm getting your wording incorrect here, but this is the feeling I got is <laughs> that he was really surprised at how good you are at just kind of being a podcaster, like you being you, how well it translated into like, he knows from dabbling in it. Cause you know, back in my old podcast, I would do like, I would do Zoom sometimes with four of the fans, and right. that would be the episode. And you could tell really fast, like nothing against my fans, but a normal everyday person could be the funniest fucking guy ever. You put a mm. camera on them and a microphone, they they you can see that they're a regular person and they're maybe not yeah. in showbiz. You're pretty comfortable in the podcasting world, maybe that's because you do podcasts a lot and you're always getting interviewed. Is that what makes you comfortable doing this? Yeah. Well, I, I've, since I started the whole Rocky stuff, you know, it's, um, it's such a weird, bizarre life choice to go down this road, riding the coattails of Sylvester Stallone's fictitious character. So I always like getting other points of my personality out there. So I don't, for whatever reason, people gravitate towards some of the ridiculously stupid things I have to say or how I think, and they put me on these podcasts. I've done quite a lot. I've done, a, I don't know, maybe two or 300 over the last couple of years, and it's a lot of fun. One, who doesn't like to hear themselves talk? And the more you talk, I think it's like anything else. I think it's a muscle. I think you, you're building it. You go to the gym, you're building a bench press. You're building a shoulder press. I think you're building a way that you interact on these podcasts. So it was kind of nice. I did not expect that from Ron. Yeah, no, he was like, he was loving you. And, uh, and I actually did a bit on stage that was kind of making fun of you. Of course. I, Why would you not? <laughs> and Why I'm would like, you not? and I, and I, after I did it, you like, know, right now I, I should stop you. When my father hears this, He's not going to be very happy. He, right away, I could see him because we watched the last podcast together. I was at my parents. So we watched it together. And, and he likes you. He does. And, uh, but if there's any type of negativity that comes out at all, he'll, he'll be laying back in his chair and then he'll sit up like this, like a bird dog. His ears really? will go up and he'll be like, what are you going to say, Joe? What are you going to say? Yeah, I don't care what you say. What did I say that made him his ears pop up on the last? No, episode? nothing. Nothing. But I know how he is on other I interviews I've been on and that we've watched and done. You know, and so that would be. I can just imagine my father hears this and he's like, "Say, Joe." And what are you going to say, Joe? That's really sweet that your parents are so protective over you. I like that. I don't know. I don't know if my parents. Yeah, I guess my mom would be like that, definitely. Yeah, she gets like, like that. that I remember when I got into trouble when I was younger. Like my mom was the first one to just get get like tough, like scary. Yeah, uh, my mom is like that too. So I'll tell you the oh, bit. See, yeah, because it was one of those like afterwards. I'm going. Did I just pull a Sebastian Maniscalco? Would Probably. Mike be mad at me or do we have a kind of a relationship now that he'd laugh? Because, like, I laugh when people make fun of me in a comedy setting. Like, if I've ever been in the audience at a roast, 
Yeah. And I and I come up and they and someone slams me, or if I've been on a roast, right? And right, one of the right. comedians gets me good, like I laugh my ass off. I don't. You know, don't, it's great. It's great. Ah, shh, shh. Yeah, I can't tell <laughs> if it would upset you, but the joke I did I was a yeah. little bit off of. I was amazed that it came out because I didn't plan on doing it. And it's right, like what right, I right. said to you about comedians. You put an audience in front of us. Sometimes shit pops out that might have hurt someone's feelings. And we were just there you go. And for some reason, it comes across as funny on stage. Yeah. So I said something about you. Maybe I brought because I knew they were in the audience, so I knew they would know what I was talking about. I, uh, I, I got you. I'm such a comedian like that where I will focus in on one person and do a joke that's just for them. I don't know why sure. and hope everybody comes along for the ride. So I said something <laughs> about how on the last episode I had um, mentioned to you that I wasn't sure if you were aware when Rocky slipped in and when and Anthony had asked you that question on the last episode yeah. and you said, I'm very aware. I know when I slip it in and I know when I don't and my wife will call me on it. But just know you said I'm aware, right? Right, right. So right. on stage, I exaggerated it. And, you know, also, I know in my head I can do a Stallone voice. So it's like when you yeah. know you have that. So I said, uh, I go, uh, I go, I'm doing this podcast, everybody. It's called From Pretender to Contender. And uh, my partner was the subject of this documentary called The Pretender. He's a huge Rocky and Sylvester Stallone fan, like even more than I could even get close to. And mm -hmm. I said, but he looks a lot like Stallone. And sometimes I don't know if he realizes it. And I called him on it. And then I like <laughs> I turned into you and I go, I go, what do you mean, Joe? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not slipping into Rocky right now. I go, uh, you know, uh, friends do because they want to do, you know. And, uh, and I was like, but you're, you seem like Rocky right now. No, if I can change, you could change. And I just started, kept saying Rocky things, right? But if you were there, would you have laughed yeah. at that? Or, or would you have been like your dad and been like, what the fuck, dude? No, like, I can't no. tell if I can make fun of you no. in my act. You, you make fun of me in your act all you want. Honestly, I'm it, good. It would have pissed you off. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it would. When would it piss you off? What is the point where you go, whoa? Like I'm trying. I'm trying to think because I've been the subject at a roast, and I don't. I've never. I can think of one time when I was around a bunch of comedians at a table. We weren't at a roast, and three of them zoned in on something about me. They well. said my hair looked dry. I was and I, I was growing it longer than I usually grow it. Right. And like now that I'm older, if it starts to get old, like I got the grays and they're dry, and it's just my hair looked dry. And they yeah they nailed me <clears throat> on it right. And for like thirty minutes, they wouldn't let up. And then something about like once it hit like thirty five minutes, forty minutes, I could tell. It fucking was starting to bother me, I guess. After oh, it was really? 45 straight shit ons, right? And I yeah. and I came back with something. And I still remember because it, it was at the comedy cellar. And it was like Rich Voss, Jim Norton, and uh might have been Robert Kelly. Like these guys are the best of the best. Okay. At ripping on you. Right. And Keith Robinson. They're fucking all amazing at it. And there's you don't know this, but there's a table at the comedy cellar where they all sit when they're working at that club. They eat food. 
and they just shit on each other the whole time they bust balls right that's what they do and sometimes i had to decide if i was in the mood <laughs> if i couldn't handle it that day i would go eat by myself you know yeah. and that day they just kept hammering me and at one point and i didn't say it loud enough i said it to the to the bartender i looked at him and i go now we know why a tough crowd got canceled right because they, they were all on that show colin quinn's tough crowd Oh, okay. And they used to bust each other's balls, and, so, and some of it was so inside that, like, a normal person couldn't watch the show. They would, like, be Patrice O'Neill was on, Rich Vaughn. And I remember, that's all I said is, I go, now I know why, now I know why Tough Crowd got canceled. And I did, and the bartender goes, dude, that's good. You should have said that loud. And I go, I can't. I can't. Because when I say it, I mean it. I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm, like, trying to kill you when you get me yeah, i'm that guy yeah. i'm that kid if you were beating him up on the schoolyard right you'd be beating me up beat me beat and then all of a sudden i would like find a fucking limb and hit you in the face with it and hurt you badly <laughs> you know i'd be that guy i would take right, it way right. too far yeah, yeah my ring's outside so uh you know okay. what i find fun? What, what gives me solid i don't really get upset at that i mean i've been called a uh, uh, Sorry. Down syndrome version of Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> um, I, that was some of the. Oh, oh I saw that horrible. One. Yeah, I mean, what uh, people said I've been left in the river after two weeks to drown. I was a bloated dead corpse. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't think I was a bloated dead corpse. I mean, but, yeah. but those are one-offs. Like those are one line on the internet. Imagine if a. If a person said that and then for a day just kept saying them to you, you'd probably hit a point where you... you it was were, called my childhood. You were blocked. <laughs> it was called growing up. I mean, the kids I went to school with, they were not fans of mine, nor were they overly fans of Rocky or did my interpretation. Did it get physical ever? Of course it got physical. What happened? Did you, did you read my book? <laughs> I got my ass kicked. <laughs> By the way, that's Cue the Rocky Music at xlibris.com or barnesandnoble.com. Or you can buy Cue the Rocky Music, which makes a great gift at um, Amazon. Well, so. it's funny that you say I got my ass kicked because yeah. when I look at you and I talk to you, there mm -hmm. is something a little scary about you. You don't look like someone that would get their ass kicked. You look like someone that would kick somebody's ass. Well, yeah, now, well, I wouldn't be oh, kicking then, anybody's no. ass. My, my, lower, my lower back and my knees and my forearms probably wouldn't allow me to do, kick ass for too long. But, you know, when I was younger, you know, I didn't have the self-confidence. And I think self-confidence and just standing up for yourself is one of the hardest things a lot of us could do. So once you can incorporate that into who you are, that's when I think you begin... When you're able to stand up for yourself and not be afraid of a punch to the face, because really, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but punches don't, they don't hurt. It's its more like they sting, but it's not that they hurt. The pain comes later, like the next day you're sore and all of that stuff. But in the moment when the adrenaline's going, there isn't a lot of pain going on. So, I mean, unless you're punched in the throat or something. But after I was in the police academy and I had learned a few things, a few techniques that I had to employ over the years. You know, I started leaving a trail of, hey, fool, you ready for another beat? I guess broken pieces. Uh, and so, you know, I feel a little more comfortable if I had to do something in, in the moment. But, I mean, I don't want to hurt it. I'd rather walk away. I'd rather have someone think that I'm the world's biggest 
baby and and uh you know pansy then then fight what are you gonna do because then people then when you kick their ass then they're gonna sue you and then yeah, yeah, yeah. you lose I your, al- you know I what i mean i almost mean when you were younger was there ever a moment like every movie has that moment where the you know since this is a, mm. a rocky-esque podcast i mean uh yeah in Rocky Five, he finally stands up to the bully, Stallone, Rocky's son, right? So was there ever a moment in your life where it was like, all right, let's go. Like, I can't take this anymore. Like, you got to stand up for yourself. Or did you just yep. never stand up? Is that right? No, I, I rarely stood up until, like, I was a junior in high school. And uh, at some point, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of standing up, but that's that you would stand up for one fight. And that, see, we had this thing in, in Westside called the Daisy Mafia. It was a group of girls who were very intense and they were strong and they were large. And I had cut into their lawn mowing um, areas and they were not happy with me. And I remember this one girl, she had pushed me so hard. I had gone through a pair of hedges and she said, we cut the grass here, not you. And I never forgot that. And so what do you, you can't hit a girl. And so you either a look like a fool because you got beat up by a girl, or guys are going to beat you up because you're punching a girl back. So it's a lose lose. But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. At some point, I had to stand up. Uh, I, I, There's one kid. His name was Steve Sokolowski. Um, he was just driving me nuts. And one day, I went full Rocky mode at That's the right, top stairs on the third floor. Uh, right outside a Latin class, and uh, I was like, "Come on, come on, <laughs> boom!" And uh, I was hitting him with my books, and everybody's like, "Kunda, shut up! Just kick his ass!" But you're screaming. Why are you screaming? And I'm screaming <laughs> like I was in a Rocky movie. And he's wearing a jeans jacket, and he had this feathered blonde hair with a Springsteen rolled red handkerchief, and he had these glasses. And I'm just. You know, it's it's very ugly. There was some spitting and some kicking and tearing, and I mean, it's it's not like it's it's a Jason Bourne, Craw McGraw fight that's cool as hell. It's it's so humiliating and embarrassing. So you win by not being on the ground. And that's it. And that's how you win. Right. Or yeah. it, it gets broken up when you're ahead. <laughs> Nobody cared. Nobody cared enough in school after a while. Nobody cared about me. They just. <laughs> Kid's got to live it himself for the rest of his life. That's worse than any beating we could give him. So, you know, but well, there's no, there's you can't win in fights today. There's there's no winning. You know. I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's good to know that I, if I come up with jokes about us and our podcast, it's okay. Because uh, as you know, I mean, uh, I guess the first subject on my list here is to really talk about this. Uh, this web series that we're doing and we're yeah. developing off of off of the play and that I did start the GoFundMe and I put it all over our social media. And it's I feel like everybody's waiting for the other person to donate. It's funny. We have a, a couple of great fans on Patreon that yeah. both have mentioned giving us a thousand dollars each, which is like fucking insane. It's so nice when someone says that you're just like, oh, my it's God, unbelievably you know? generous. And for they're the, not even but, relatives, you know, like I have relatives right. that'll give a little bit, you know, and, and maybe some friends here and there. But, yeah, when they say that, you know, and we're yeah. even we're for those thousand dollar people, we're even offering them speaking parts, you know, uh, and and figuring out ways to get them in the web series, which to me that is is 
really sounds fun uh, is is figuring out a way to make it kind of a team effort where yeah. it's just not like you and I raising the money where it's like we're all kind of raising the money and yeah it's, but but it's but it's difficult at the same time and to try to adapt it and I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you are okay with uh, that because yeah there's I I keep thinking about it and I and, and I have this written in my notes to connect it with the show gets shorty that I can't stop watching that I don't think I've I still haven't got you to watch any of it and you've been very high on it and and I've seen the ads the trailer for it it looks great we're we're in the middle of uh, supernatural with uh, Jared Padalecki and uh Jensen Eccles and uh it's a it's I'm really getting in touch with my feminine side seeing these two <laughs> it's like X-Files meets Smallville and it's uh you know we enjoy it it's a guilty yeah. pleasure well my wife and I are the same way it's like if we're watching a show we can't we'll be watching we can't add another one in until we're done with this one Right, you lose it. It loses something. You're like, I like the Your Honor with Brian Cranston. Great show, and we haven't caught the I last three episodes either. It's phenomenal. But then we came across Supernatural, and we just were exactly what you said. Oh man, I don't want to split it up. But the problem with Supernatural is fifteen seasons. We're at season four. No, no, no. <laughs> You know you what got, I mean? So, you got no kids. You can you can cut through some really. That's like me trying to read Moby Dick. It's not happening. You know, it's just too thick. Uh, I'll kill a spider with Moby Dick. I'll stand on Moby Dick to get something off the top shelf. But I ain't reading Moby Dick. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So what's funny about reading or, or reading watching Get Shorty is you know there's this. It's all about the underworld and 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 mixed with hollywood and trying to make a um a film so it, it so relates to like the gofundme and 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 creating a uh, a, a web series just just reminds me of so much of the stuff that they're going through in this in this yeah. show and uh it, it just makes me want to like create you know, and, and create the character that you are in a, in a show and yeah. enhance it just a little bit. But like, and I think I, I was explaining it to you in texts because you're always like, you're afraid. <laughs> oh, I'm, I don't have that many friends and I'm the, da, da, da. and you always say these negative things about you. And I explained to you <laughs> that in creative, in the creative worlds of podcasting. And I think also in writing scripts it's like when you make that person lovable which you are in the pretender that it's it's an awesome like hmm. if you think of all the characters that you've loved in movies and television in your life yeah sometimes there's even i mean i guess we should connect it to rocky i mean He's like technically a hitman, and you know, in 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 he is. He's breaking legs. That's his job in the show. He's and for collector. some reason, you're like, we like this guy. And Tony yeah. Soprano is another one, you know. And finding why somebody is an oddball but a likable mm -hmm. oddball is what has yeah. to come through in the in this in this scripted thing. What? Um, I don't know if we'll get time for the Tug McGraw story uh, about how he felt up my wife. Um, I wanted 30... I wanted to bring up Tug McGraw. It's on my list because, as you can see behind me, uh, one of my friends that I grew up with just randomly sent me this uh, Tug McGraw jersey, and that's 
Great. the one from uh, the year they won the World Series in '80, and yeah. uh, he he had sent me pictures of it when he bought it. And, oh, really? uh, and I was like, dude, I wish I had that. Where'd you find it? He like found it at a Goodwill. Like, I, if you look online, that jersey costs like three hundred bucks. Oh come on! And it's still got the price tags on it. Well, not the price tags. It still has the labels and everything. But yeah, and, yeah. And, but he found it like in brand new condition, and really? then just randomly sent it to me the other day. He gets nostalgic about. Uh, us growing up together. He used to live two doors down from me. He did stand up a little bit after me, did it for a long time. Yeah. And him and I have remained friends. And uh, you're probably a little bit like what he was to me growing up. Like how you say you're you're an oddball and you don't make friends very easily. Like yeah. He probably knows that about himself now. But back when we were younger, no, you know, he was always that friend. People would be like, "What the fuck?" Like he was always a little more odd, and that's why I liked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was always into doing his own shit. He like this guy was fascinating growing up. You know, he really had, from like making his own motorized skateboards before those things even existed. Like that sounds you see cool. Him, you see him now, like those electric ones and everything. Like he used to make. He'd turn a skateboard into a motorized skateboard. He would buy mopeds that went like 35 miles an hour, and he would soup yeah. them up, so, soup them up so they went like 80. <laughs> he would Jesus. come fucking down the street in his moped in a tuck, right, right. going like, Phoom, like with a going 80 in a 25 mile an hour zone. Sounds like a Tie Fighter from Star Wars going by. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. So and him and I had a ten year falling out where we just didn't talk. And oh, really? Wasn't really about anything. We didn't have an argument. He's just one of yeah. those guys, you know. He just kind of. He's yeah, I know if you like that loner, a little bit of a loner. And then he got married and had a daughter, and he he lives in Brooklyn. And uh, it's funny seeing him do what he was so good at when we were younger, which is like. Um, he was one of those kids that took when he took he took wood shop like every year in high school. You know, it didn't take the yeah. the two years that they made you like he was into it and he used right. to make so much different shit. And wow. uh, and now he, he got he stopped doing comedy, He bought a brownstone with this uh, woman and uh, fixed it all up. It's worth a lot of money now. And he turned the first floor of his brownstone into a storefront. And he that's kind of probably why he fell upon that Tug McGraw thing, because he likes to find things and then yeah. put them in his store and resell them and or fix them up and make them a lot better when, it, you know, and uh, it's pretty cool that he, he just he just sent me that. And uh, no, nah, that's nice. When uh, anybody thinks enough about you to send something, it's always. Yeah, it's so nice. You know, you don't get mail yeah. anymore. You get email. I've always I've had this book for a while. I don't know if you can see it. on Yeah. Camera. I remember that pose. Yeah, that's that's Legends that's of the pose. Phillies. So what is what is your story about Tug McGraw? So you're talking because uh, uh, I read his book. I know he was a womanizer. You know, he about Tim McGraw's his son that he didn't meet yeah. till Tim McGraw was like 18 and basically got off an airplane and they met eye to eye. And Tug was like, all right, I guess you're my son. You fuck. It's a pretty obvious. I don't need to get the blood tests. OK, you're him. Well, about 25 years ago, we there was a uh, 
place called the Chicken Coop, I think. It was a wing place. It was down by Pocono Downs, which there's a, a casino there right now. I think it's a Mohegan Sun Casino. So I was with my brother-in-law, uh, Timmy, and, and his, his uh, wife, Lori, and me and Sue were there. And we're sitting down, and Tug McGraw's in the back having wings with whoever. And so we're all like, oh, and there was nobody else in the place. It was just us. And Tim kept saying, Jesus, it's Tug McGraw. My wife is a huge Phillies fan. And Your wife is? My wife, yeah. I can't oh. like I, I think sports are the dumbest thing in the world, but my <laughs> wife loves sports. So she uh she loved the Phillies because she used to watch it all the time with her dad. And she goes, Oh, I'd love to get his autograph. And so my brother in law, Timmy, he's a big ball buster, you know. So he'd be like making Hey, Tug, why don't you come meet my sister? But not loud enough that Tug could hear it, but loud enough that my Sue would go, shut up, Tim, don't you, don't you dare. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a bit of a hero. So I walk back and I go, hey, Tug McGraw. I didn't even know who Tug McGraw was. It, it, it doesn't and even. And what year is this? 25 years ago. Let's think. So. So it's a little. Like 94-ish. Okay, yeah. So he's retired. Yeah, yeah. He's and, probably... Uh, you know, uh, he still looks good. He's you in know, his 40s. You know. Yeah, so and he's sucking the bone dry, right? And uh, so I just go back and um, I say, hey, Tug McGraw. Yeah. And he goes, hey, how you doing? I go, listen, um, I remember I said the dumbest thing. Not for nothing, but can I get an autograph from my girl over here? And got, we weren't married at the time. And he, he goes, uh, he looks at me. And he's cleaning off his fingertips, and he goes, looks around me. He sees Sue. She's very beautiful. And he goes, uh, is that her over there, the brunette? I go, yeah, that's that's her. And he goes, uh, no, I'm not going to give you an autograph. I go, huh. He goes, I'll give her an autograph. Uh. He goes, you got to have her come up. And my, I could see my brother-in-law, Timmy, grab my, grab Sue by the shoulder. Go, ah, you got to go meet him. So Sue, she, she is much more outgoing than she was back then. She was like in a shell, wallflower. So she was humiliated, turned red. But being so beautiful, it, I don't know, somehow compensated, made her even prettier. And she walks back there and I introduced her and then I stepped aside and Tug McGraw comes around, picks her up off the ground, and starts hugging her, and the hand's going up and down the back. And I'm like, the hell? And not for nothing, but the hug was a little long. I mean, you know, Jesus. Anyways, he signed uh, baseball, and he signed a napkin, and, um, and I, I'm not sure. I don't even think we had <laughs> cell phones then. Uh, was he drinking? So, oh, he was lit. Oh, he was he a was, little lit. Okay, so you got a little lit. lit Tug McGraw. Yeah, yeah, and that was it. So he was very nice to her, and it's one of those sweet little memories that you know she'll always keep with her. So that's whatever. That's what happens in uh, yeah. the generations have changed. Like it, you basically had happen. Like where was it that I heard? Was it Chappelle? No, no, no. It was Kevin Hart on Howard Stern where he told the story of meeting uh, Don Rickles and Don oh, Rickles. Call- yeah. Don Rickles called him a racial slur. Ugh. Not the N-word. Right. Just right, so right. you know, he didn't call him the N-word to his face. 
but he called him. Crazy. I guess we we could say it's the M word. He called him the M word. If you right, could figure right, out right. what that would be, and Kevin Hart went back to his wife like he just. But it's like one of those you want to go. Uh, that's Rickles. You got Rickles. Rickles is going to say a- shit like that. Like yeah. Tug McGraw. You read his book. He was a womanizer. Right. You know, See, I had no idea who he was. Yeah, you didn't they, know. Read, I had go, no idea. Go read his book. I mean, he had a lot of. He's married a bunch of times, and you yeah. know, has an illegitimate kid with, and that's who Tim McGraw is. And uh, you know, great guy. The Philly area loves him because he won a World Series, and he stayed very connected to the right. Phillies organization. And. Uh, you know, he was an amazing player. Played on the Mets too, and uh, he was, I think he was on the World. Yeah, he was on the World Series Mets team, and then he was also on a World Series Phillies team, right? Um, and not just on the Phillies, like the guy who throws the last pitch, yeah, to win the World Series. You know, right, the, right, right. I, I, I have to do Harry Callis right now because that's like the big moment where he goes the one two yeah. pitch to Hal McRae swinging a miss struck him out the fella you know and it never got it was right. Harry that's Callis a good, Harry Callis that was good it was a it's a big uh negative in Harry's great career which is that that they didn't let local broadcasters do the national broadcast so right. no one ever heard his broadcast unless you were listening to it on the radio and then they changed things years later so when the Phillies won again yeah Harry Callis got to do the call but yeah uh my and my friend Mike who sent me the jersey he was in the stadium when they won in 1980 nice so nice. i'm still surprised that he didn't want to keep that has his own memory he said he watched our podcast he goes i saw you wearing a Phillies hat and i thought Joe needs that jersey for the backdrop. And I said, okay. And he's he's such a memorabilia guy because of the story owns. He's like, well, yeah. you got to get oh, this course. frame. You got to get this kind of fr- Go to Michael's. The frames aren't that much. And I'm like, dude, I I feel like asking you because I got this. Uh, have you ever seen these command strips? That's uh, what these. All my frames are connected to oh, this yeah. wall behind me with command strips. They're like Velcro things that stick on one and then stick on the other and then you press them on so once they're on they're on you can't rip them off the i'm like fuck where do i put this tug mcgraw jersey you know my dog just jumped off my lap uh how do i uh how do i frame that without having the i want it in the backdrop but that means i'm gonna have to remove some i'm like shit i'm so cheap i'm like "Ah, i don't want to buy more command strips you can invest in a wide angle camera there's that option. <laughs> What's least expensive? <laughs> it's Rock of Ages. I think this is what you got to do, though. Let's think of what my takeaway would be of this episode. Yeah. Uh, mm, well, we talked about a lot. Um, don't let Tug McGraw hug your wife. Don't let Tug McGraw hug your wife. Well, that's, you know, more accept people for who they are. I mean, you could take that away. If you ask Tom Jones, I look at him as like the sports version of Tom Jones. If you ask Tom Jones to meet your wife, he might kiss her on the lips. That's what Tom Jones does. You know, he meets women and he he kisses women on the lips in his audiences all the time. So expect 
what they are. It's like, you know, it's yeah. like if you met Stallone or if you met a different celebrity and you thought, wow, he was really, really talked about himself a lot. Well, that's yeah. what that's what celebrities do. And that's why they're celebrities, because they're so focused on themselves. So, like, take people for what they are, you know, um, right. and I don't know if that's the same. If you meet me, don't be shocked if I'm not on if you meet me that I'm not like funny I'm not funny until I walk on stage and you got and you put people in front of me it could be eight people you give me eight people in a microphone I'm gonna perform for them but off stage no I'm not I'm not performing for you I'm not that guy I, I'm gonna be regular and hopefully I can you, you appreciate I can attest it. to that you you were not funny when I met you Joe you <laughs> you were very relaxed and you were calm and you were um on you the were tour? really yeah, you were really relaxed and uh, I mean talking about Rocky a lot, but it wasn't like it's not it's like you didn't bring your work home with you. It you were just you. No, it was I nice. Hate, it was I good. Hate, I hate guys like that. You know? Um from what I've watched to to end this with Stallone, I watched a couple of his I love his regular life Instagrams. Oh, I watched one where he was just in the supermarket with his daughter and I was like <laughs> I wish more celebrities would show themselves being regular. I think people need to see that shit. Like, yeah, if you get a go watch that document. There's a documentary out now. I think it just came out about Britney Spears and you free. You feel, yeah, you feel so bad for her. The, the fucking paparazzi is torturing her. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, my my daughter, who's only eight. I remember her watching the documentary about um Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. Right. Did I ever duck. tell you this? What she said? She goes, I don't want to. She goes, it looks really hard to be that famous. I don't want to be that famous. But a little more famous than you, a little less than Michael Jordan. <laughs> so she said, and I was dying. That's great. But That's yeah, great. I mean, uh, you need you need you need to be humbled. It's a it's a real hard mix. So I mean, I, yeah. I keep that as a. Uh, as a mantra in my brain, I guess. Um, just just be nice all the time to everybody. And if you ever start to do yeah. well, still still be that same way. Like I, I guess I say it's easy for me to be a great version of myself right. because I'm not really rich and really famous. And that if I ever get that chance, I have to stay exactly who I am. Um, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, that doesn't sound like a good takeaway, though, from this episode, Mike. This this music's going on a loop now. Uh, what else did I, you know? I I mean, uh, I think I, I think you're you're missing the big takeaway. What's the your, big takeaway? Your, your big takeaway is never be in a photograph with Bill Cosby. That's the big takeaway. Never, never. No. You were smart enough. Just remember that certain celebrities like just never get in a photo. <laughs> never. And when you're with your parents, do more shovel i don't mind if i'm in a photo like say i ever got the chance to meet sylvester stallone yeah yeah uh, sure i'd love you to take a picture of it but i'm not right. asking him to take a picture with me i'm just not gonna uh, my wife turned to him and said sly if i don't take a picture of you and my husband he's gonna divorce me he goes are you kidding come on let's do it yeah that's fine when he's cool with it if your wife asks it and all that stuff it's right fine. right um that's the move that's the I, move i think people out there need to respect 
the celebrities a little more and not be so shitty to them and and just don't fucking bother them i imagine how that feels over and over and over and over and over and over again that's why i always say that's why they make so much you think it's you watch any of those documentaries that shit looks annoying yeah yeah yeah. every time you leave your hotel you got to do a photo shoot in the lobby like what the fuck it's annoying i want to look like shit and go walk around my feet are firmly planted in the belief that I will never have that issue. <laughs> so I'm not worrying about it. You never know, <laughs> dude. No, I, I think I know. I think I know. I'm quite, I'm quite comfortable where I am, what I'm doing. If I could just get back to work. That's all <laughs> I want. Just want to get doing my tours, be get a high off that. That's it. <laughs> but anyways, um, I do want to thank everybody for listening to us babble for uh, an hour and eight minutes and 42 seconds uh it it means a lot um and um keep looking for our uh, projects that we got going on as we jam it out we're jamming it out everybody we kept it at about we kept it a little over an hour we thank you guys for staying with us uh we will uh, probably definitely have a guest on next week and uh Go check out the GoFundMe. It's going to be all over this new Facebook page that Mike started for us that you just have to go to the uh, uh, Facebook uh, from Pretender to Contender and uh, and like our page, right? It's a fan page, right, Mike? It's a fan page. Like it. And we're going to try to put as much content up as we can we're going to continue adding uh, special content to our patreon page and uh, stay tuned for updates on all that we are trying to create and establish which i think is going to be pretty entertaining so and you, and you know what, what else do we always say at the end of the show what's that well fir- first i want to say one more thing is now that we have yeah. a facebook page they can make content and they can make rocky-esque stuff or stuff that they think that you and I will like. They can put it on right. our Facebook page. We like it. We can use it on the show, hopefully. But feel free to make any of your stuff that relates to uh, what we talk about here on the show. And okay, now we can do it, Mike. Now we can do our our uh, our, our our stolen logo send away from Sylvester. Everybody, keep punch punching. I miss it every time. That's okay. You always say that. No dream is improbable. Keep punching. Keep rocking. Keep on rocking in the free world.